Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Welcome, Kathy. Uh, it's guest day, uh, Thursday, guest Thursday day, which we're excited. We have Rich and uh, Janet Cochiaro. Uh, they're from uh, New Hampshire, uh, actually not too far from you. But, right. Uh, it's great to see you guys. But they're, uh, they're live in studio uh, here in Colorado <laughs> because they're visiting um, uh, for attending our taping uh, of our, cr- our curriculum for our online courses. We're doing 10 more topics over the next two weeks. Uh, Rich and Janet are going to be part of that. You're going to be part of that. You're coming at your uh, Yes, out. I'll be out next week. Uh, so looking so forward we have, to we it. We have our leaders coming from all over the country. Uh, uh, so <laughs> thank you, uh, phone. Um, uh, and so we're excited to have you guys. Welcome, uh, Rich thank and you. Janet. And, it's good uh, to be here. Very, very good friends from New Hampshire. Been uh, leaders uh, in Living Waters now going on 10 years. Uh, and they're going to share their story and maybe we to start with uh tell us a little bit about how you uh, each came to know christ so rich why don't you share a little bit how you came to know christ sure um i just remember at a very early age that uh, uh i felt the spirit in my heart and um you know i i went to uh church and i, I went to catechism and you know that was introduction as to who is god and uh and so i was always interested um but there was something missing, I felt. Uh, and I, I didn't have a, a grand revelation where all of a sudden the light you know, shone and, and, and all of a sudden uh, you know, that was the moment at which I, uh, you know, I uh, became a Christian. It was a gradual process. Um, and so I, I um, nurtured it through the years and um, you know, tried to find ways to uh, to uh, accomplish that, and I knew it had something to do with the Bible, and so uh, you know, I, at various times, I didn't I didn't even get a Bible until I was like 21. Somebody had quoted quoted scripture to me, and I go, "How do you know that?" <laughs> and they said it's in the Bible. I go, you have your own Bible, <laughs> and I and I because you know we were taught that the Bible was that big book on on the altar, and nobody could touch that but the priest. So. Um, uh, you know, I, I didn't have my, they had gone out and gotten me my first Bible, and uh, I tried to read it. Uh, it. It didn't seem to make sense. I, you know, started on page, mm. page one, and uh, so I'll, I'll leave my story there, and then go to Janet, and you said you, kind of your personal relationship. Yeah, it did. Um, so, you know, I knew it had something to do with the Bible. Uh, we we had been invited to go to an abiding retreat with Rich some what ten years ago, yeah. anyways, and um, I was interested because I was hungry, and mm. um, went to this first retreat, and um, it was almost immediate. As soon as he started, he said, "You know, do you want to have a personal relationship with with Jesus?" And I said, "Yes," and um, so we got right into the abiding retreat, and for me, it was. 
it, it was like a, a light switch being flipped on and mm. things were pouring into my heart. It, and it was literally like drinking out of a fire hose. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so much. And, and, you know, my head was, you know, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around everything mm. that was going on. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll share, we'll share about that. We'd love to hear about more about that. Janet, how about you? How did you come to know Christ? Um, like Rich, it was just something that was part of, a church was a big part of my life growing up. So I was always in church. I was very involved with the church. Um, all through high school, and um, it was a lot of it was about the fellowship, about the community. I think that was probably the most important part to me at that point. And um, when I went to college, we just I stopped going. I mean, I, I we just sort of drifted away. And um, when Rich and I got together, we were going to church sort of intermittently. But I would say that I came back to getting interested in it at about the time that our kids were born, mm -hmm. and then we started getting actively involved with being part of a church community again, but um, but like Rich, I think it took, you know, going through the process of abiding to really have that experience of um, understanding there's a personal relationship. Yeah. It's almost like a, any friendship, it takes years for friendships to develop, and uh, all those other mm -hmm. years were sort of like the base. And right, the yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, and you've mentioned uh, you've been married, uh, are married. <laughs> <laughs> As far as I know, we're still married. Yeah, yeah. Are you guys still married? Um, yep. Okay. <laughs> so far today, right? Right. <laughs> uh, and you have kids. So tell us how many how many years have you been married, and uh, uh, what about your children? What, what we'll be married thirty nine years this year, and uh, we're you know knocking on that forty years. Yeah. That's beautiful. Exciting. Beautiful. And, uh, and we have two sons um, who are in their thirties, and they're both married. And the younger one is expecting his first child in about two weeks. So I, we're he and the, his wife are. He and his wife are. <laughs> so you we mean are, the wife's involved with his that. His wife's a bit? involved with that. Yes. And so is this on, grandbaby number one? This is grandbaby For number both one. Both sides. So we are on. Oh, the, I love we're it. on the cusp of becoming grandparents for the first time, which is very that'll, exciting. That'll be exciting. Yeah. Um, and uh, they t they shared with us about you know that it's it's actually imminent, right? It's uh. It's by the. By, by August first, yeah. yeah. So very soon. Uh, so we uh, there's a bet of um, date and the weight. Uh, ah. And so uh, I, you know, Linda and I put hers in. I put mine in. You guys got yours, right? And it's oh, be I need to put mine in. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Mine's the twenty ninth, and it's going to be okay. seven pounds two ounces. That's oh, very it. good. And this is a little girl, right? A little it girl. It is. That's awesome. So sweet. Winners, you know, you get first prize. What is first prize? Um, I, I think you get to have a relationship with, with Ava growing up. Ah. That's going to be because she's, ah, she's going to be good. somebody special. That'll, that'll be fun. <laughs> uh, and her but, name is Ava. It is Ava. Um, well, it started out with she, they were testing names and uh, they didn't quite have a name. And Janet said, um, Well, if you don't have a name, I'm going to nickname her Sweet Pea. And, Love it. and they kind of said, wow, that's kind of interesting. And uh, all of a sudden, everywhere we looked, there was, you know, Janet was in a checkout line and she got a little book called, I Love My Little Sweet Pea. And, you know, a market basket had a, a, a bag of peas called Sweet Peas. And Janet's growing a plant outside the house that's called Sweet Pea. And everywhere we looked, it was Sweet Pea. Uh, even to the point where our, uh, our uh, other da daughter-in-law, Danny, was, you know, totally uh, didn't under didn't know this thing about sweet pea. She got a little jumper, a jumper type thing, 
that said sweet pea on oh, it. So, oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. Well, so, well, mark me down for sweet pea is coming July 27th and she's going to be seven pounds, seven ounces. Got you it. got it. <laughs> seven sevens. I like that. Seven seven. Yeah. Right. Mine's five, mine's five, five, 25th and uh, seven, five. Yeah. All right. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to see. Uh, well, uh, uh, you know, being married, tell us uh, each from each of your perspective, how did you meet and what, uh, what led to you deciding, yeah, we're going to, we're going to get married. Well, I think um, our experience has been that the best relationships have just started out of a friendship. And um, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I was, I first um, met Janet when she and her roommate was uh, evening and the, the lamp, the uh, street, lamp. street lamp had just come on and she was, uh, being very dramatic about how difficult calculus was. And you, know, you guys were in college? Then? We were in college. We met at Bates College in Lewiston, Maine. And uh, she, she, yeah, so uh, she was upset about that. And I said, well, I can help with that. I, I'm pretty good at math. And uh, so <laughs> well, I- What did you uh, major in? Economics. Economics, yeah. yeah. Oh, very good. So yeah. you saw a cute damsel in distress and figured you could come to the rescue. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, just, just trying to be a friend. And, you know, uh, we actually just maintained a friendship throughout uh, mm -hmm. college. We we didn't date or anything like that, but we were just friends. Um, actually, like you, uh, undergraduate economics, yeah, I went to NYU for my MBA. So. Oh. oh, excellent. So did you, um, so that's when you, after that you went into, by the way, where did you start in your I started working for what they called at the time a big eight public accounting yeah. firm, Coopers and Library okay. in hmm. Boston. Uh, and, you know, took the exam and I ultimately got certified after I'd moved to Florida. Um, but uh, started there and then um, met, a, met a guy who uh, was good friends with, Dave Dunkel. And we hit it off, and uh, you know we were the founder founders of what is now called K Force. Yeah. At the yeah. time, it so started. So, how did you and Dave? We had Dave on the show before, so we've the listeners have met Dave and Melissa. How did the two of you end up meeting? How did y'all connect? Just at, at work, um, you know, we okay. we kind of you know were in some meetings together, just and uh, we we met at work, and we we hit it off, and uh, it was a great relationship. And uh, became a personal relationship, not just a work relationship. And uh, ultimately, uh, you know, when Dave left uh, Coopers and Libran uh, to go start Romac Tampa. Mm -hmm. And uh, a few months after uh, he started, um, that was back in 80, late 80, early 81, I got a phone call saying, uh, which, what do you think about becoming a professional recruiter? And I, I hadn't thought about that at all, but I, you know, thought it was be kind of a cool thing to, you know, start a business oh. with somebody who was friends. Yeah. And um, so and, we did that. K-Force uh, wound up being a uh, billion-dollar publicly traded company. It is. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, God's gift. You can remember <laughs> back. Uh, uh, I've been part of startups, and success is not to that level, but... Um, it's always interesting, isn't it, to remember back when? Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Those days of just starting out. Is this ever going to make it? You know, and uh, and uh, through your leadership, it did. 
Uh, and Janet, how about you? What's your perspective on how you guys met and how you came to know? Well, first, uh, I want to say that I always consider what they were doing monopoly money. I just didn't think it was real. <laughs> <laughs> the stock didn't really matter. Yeah. And we, we actually lived our life that way. We, you know, it was like, yeah, that's over here. And if it ever has any value, that's great. But that's we have great. to live within our means. Yeah, so, right. it was, it was so, that, so that wallpaper didn't mean much to you, right? That wallpaper didn't mean much to you. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, no, we met it. We met at Bates, and um, we had this. We had a great friendship, but it was a friendship. It was nothing, nothing romantic about it. And after we graduated, um, I sort of started traveling around the country. Went all the way out. Thought I was going to go live in Oregon. Once I got there, decided I wasn't. But um, when I was coming home, I uh, I called Rich Collect from New Orleans one night. Totally, I just called him collect with this man who had no money <laughs> living in a dorm in, in New York City and he accepted the call and I asked if I could come and see him on my way home and he said yes yeah. so I uh it was like coming home I uh, we uh, I came into now had you guys stayed connected during that time that you were traveling or I, uh, how did that play out not particularly no I mean okay. I was I was I was hitchhiking and getting rides with people and so forth so I was pretty you know Loose at that point, so I was not. Ready. I wouldn't use those words. <laughs> I was loose, loose in terms of my moving around the country. I, I, mean, I think I, because those are before the days of cell phones. I think I had to call right. my. I okay. had to call my father periodically to let him know I was still alive. By the way, this was okay. also the days before the internet. So, so there was no internet. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, very different. But anyway, wow. the, the point was that coming home was when I came into New York and Rich was there, and it was sort of the beginning of um, it changed. Yeah. And um, as we noted, we've been through two long-distance relationships because he was in school in New York and I wasn't. And um, and then afterwards, we spent some time together in Boston. We were in Boston together until David decided that Tampa was a good place to go. And I didn't know where Tampa was. So <laughs> I and I was finishing up school, so we had another year. Um, and so I we got married when I moved to Tampa. Um, so after after, uh, after graduated, you graduated, after I graduated, uh, Rich was already down to Tampa, yeah. and he was so during a couple of years he was in New York, and you're you're in. I was in Western Massachusetts. Massachusetts, yeah. Wow. And you had to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, he held together, and then he goes to Tampa, and deal with that again. Right? And I dealt with that again. Wow. Yeah. And I was yeah. And I then was, how was first year of marriage taking this this New England girl out of New England and going to Tampa? I was not real happy being in Tampa. <laughs> Tampa was hard. Tampa was really hard. I uh, mm -hmm. I was really wanted to leave Tampa as soon as I got there, but um, but we stayed there for four or five years, and then um, he had an opportunity. I don't know if it was an opportunity. It was <laughs> nobody was... else would touch it. We had a, 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 an office that was in flames and going down fast, and you mm. know, uh, Dave said, "Why don't you go up and see you know what we need to do about it?" And uh, Janet looked at me and said. If an opportunity came up north, you really should consider yeah. it. <laughs> so we ended up in Chicago for twelve years. It was a, yeah. it was a great oh, place wow. to be. Yeah. And you were in uh, what year were you in Chicago? Um, it was eighty six. Uh, you know, it was right after the Super Bowl shuffle. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Michael Jordan was just coming in. Yes. So, oh, it's a good time to be in Chicago yeah. then, right? It was great. Nice. It's a great time to be in Chicago. Yeah, and we were the, there until um, '98. Uh, Linda and I, you know, kind of grew up in that area. Got, and we were high school sweethearts there, and got married, and uh, we lived in Chicago up until '82, and I moved out to Colorado. 
we missed it. Although I had a client um, in uh, Chicago uh, when you were there, uh, and you know, you talked about Michael Jordan. So he had tickets on the floor, right behind the first seats, right behind the guest uh, visitors bench. Wow. Uh, so I got to go to the, a lot of these games to see Michael Jordan, and. Um, uh, as characteristic, I don't know if any of you watched the the thing, The Last Dance, but he was pretty yes. intense. Yes, yeah. he was. Oh, that was uh, so good. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he his his perspective is, you know, we're going to win, um, and you could see it. You know, so I'm mm -hmm. sitting behind the bench, and uh, they would have these timeouts, uh, and every every single timeout, he would walk down to the visitor bench, and say he'd always say the same thing. Don't bother coming out on the floor. You know we're going to beat you. Oh, uh, and, and it was, I love it. it was because I could hear it. I could hear him say it. You know, and it was it was really interesting and uh, pretty fun. Did you ever go to a game? Oh yeah, actually, uh, just serendipitously, um, one of the cheerleaders, a lovable, yeah, ended up, and it was that's a whole story unto itself. Ended up being our office manager. Oh, cool! And so, oh, and she was funny. she was athletic and bright, and you know, and she asked me, you know, would you like to meet Michael? And I went, Michael? He goes, he goes by Michael. And I went, that Michael, that Michael, absolutely. And you know, we she brought us in, you know, uh, into the locker room, and oh, I, I mean, I was humbled. Oh, He's that's, that's he, so cool. he was amazingly uh, generous with his time and uh, just very personable. Uh, I mean, it was wonderful to meet someone like that. Yeah. Did you, and she uh, had tickets. Gave it. Yeah. So we were not that sitting down so fun. behind the bench. We were up in the after. We probably, we probably were. We probably were. <laughs> we saw some playoff games and, yeah. you know, and actually, you know, uh, funny story about Dave. Um, he, he, they were watching the playoffs with the Bulls and it flashed to you know Debbie, who was a lovable, and you know he goes he's he's talking to his guys down in Tampa. He goes that 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 lovable she works for me. <laughs> <laughs> and you said Dave, uh, she works for me. <laughs> I, I I know better to you know I pick my fights. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Well, was there anything better than experiencing the introduction? At the game with that music, that was fabulous. It was so exciting. It was exciting. very exciting. electric. Every single game, that music, and uh, the announcer, and his voice, the announcer, and the intensity. And now from North Carolina, Michael Jordan. You know, and the place <laughs> go crazy. Yeah. Um, and the fun thing is, is we got to see that. Is that um, you could see how uh, incredibly talented he was. That mm. there'd be, you know, because you would see he'd try to get the the players kind of in the game and play the game. And then there'd be coming the fourth quarter and they might be up a little bit and down a little bit. And it was like, okay, that's enough. Um, that's it. We're, we're going to win. That's it. We, we visit. I personally never saw that. So then lose. Uh, well, it, it was actually, it's funny. You should say that because um, they had Michael Jordan's number, particularly uh, daily in Detroit. And uh, this is a story, his story of transformation which, you know, has become kind of a, a very important thing in our lives. But, um, you know, he, he was able to go out and he would take over a game and, and, and daily, you know, the coach of uh, Detroit Pistons, um, he, would, he would say, okay, I see what this guy does. And he, he actually mm. came, wrote a book called 
Jordan rules. Yeah. <laughs> and and this is how to beat Michael Jordan. And it basically was to let he's going to score a certain number every time, but you know uh, let's cut off his his access to the rest of his team, which they did successfully. So he, mm. early on, he was very frustrated. He'd have great numbers, but they wouldn't they weren't That's winning. Right. And it took the right coach, the right, you know, leader. Um, and, you know, they, they, he said, uh, uh, Phil Jackson was, the, was that leader. He said, do you want to win a ring? Yes, I do. Uh, are you willing to get outside of yourself and involve the other team members? And he did. And once he understood that, then, you know, he became not only the best scorer, but he was, you know, best on assists, best, you know, MVP defense, defense all yeah. of these different things. Uh, why, and and all uh, he encouraged all of the players on his team to be better, uh, and they became, you know, the Bulls, and they they were, you know, really hard to beat. And and not only did he transform, you know, as a, as a professional, but his whole team transformed into yeah. something quite different. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, as you talk about uh, transformation, you describe that your Christian life abiding is switch uh, into this personal. Describe a little bit about uh, how that happened, and we've set you up, Janet, Kathy, and I. With uh, you're going to hear from Janet, somebody that had <laughs> that had some skepticism about this, which you can share. Mm -hmm. But how, how did uh, how did abiding, what did that experience that? How did you come happen? Well, I mean, part of it was just you you and I developing a trust relationship because, you know, I didn't know you all that much. And, I, you know, there were these TV evangelists that, uh, you, know, <laughs> would, you know, they have their own agendas. And, you know, if you call within 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> anyways, um, you know, I, I had no idea who you were. So we were developing our relationship. But more importantly, you, you said, you know, do you want to have a personal relationship with Jesus? Mm -hmm. And the answer was yes. Um, and he said, well, let's, let's go into the Word. And so that connected me to the Bible, and it was, it was a flood. Yeah. A flood, and mm -hmm. um, it's been a flood, and it continues to be a flood. You never get to the end of it. Yeah, and, and this is uh, illustrative of what we've been teaching is, you said, I have a heart, too. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, and I know that you actually uh, started hearing God's voice right away. Right away. It, I mean, that was the beginning of transformation. But I have to tell you, the transformation continu continues. Yeah. I mean, you mm -hmm. don't get to the end no, of you understanding, can't. you know, Jesus or God or that relationship, and and it's uh, it's it's joyous. Yeah. It really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's uh, again what what, what uh, Kathy and I thought is that. Um, you don't need a, a maturity, a, a length of time, a seminary graduate. Uh, it's just a heart, and, and Rich and Janet are illustrative of, well, yeah, I'd like to. And God said, great, welcome. Uh, let me start talking to you. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and you did, you know, and, you, and you've expressed it. And we're, we'll talk a little bit about the beauty, which is, I think, why uh, our ministry is so effective, and all of you guys are part of it, is there's a purity of just receiving and giving it away. Yes. Uh, there isn't any agenda. There isn't any other agenda. It's just receive it and give it away. Uh, and we want you connected to God and enjoy that beautiful life. Uh, and then mm -hmm. Janet, you can share a little bit from your perspective 
you had a little bit, uh, took a little bit longer and took a little, a little bit, bit longer for me to get there. Part. Yeah, I, uh, I was sort of dragged kicking and screaming to my first <laughs> abiding retreat. And um, I don't think I got a lot out of it. I was there. I was present. I was not sure that I wanted to be there. And so um, we came again. <laughs> <laughs> and, again. and and I think the third time I came, I was, you know, they, the cases and uh, Dave Dunkel, who was hosting these, was very generous, said, well, you'll just have to come back because you're not getting it. So just let's do it again. Mm -hmm. And uh, the third time I really, it, that's when the switch flipped for me that I really said, oh, yeah, I'm getting, I'm hearing from God. This is, this is an important part of my life. I, you know, mm. it just, it became a very different experience. So um, what do you think kept you coming back? Um, probably the intensity of Rich, you know, he really, this is something he really wanted for us. I would say that that was probably the main part of, it. you know, it was important to him. So mm -hmm. it had to be important to me. I mean, that's part of a marriage is that you, you right. that this business of being equally yoked. I mean, in order for us to move forward, this had to be part of it. Yeah. And it wasn't like, I didn't feel like I wasn't reading the Bible or doing things. There was this place where it suddenly became different. Right, mm, right. Yeah. Uh, and as you started experiencing the life of God, which is what you know we talk about, is that uh, the Word is Spirit in life, uh, John six sixty three, and uh, it stands on its own. And mm -hmm. so there's not you know our our goal and our way we approach it is we have nothing to say to you. Uh, we're not going to persuade you of anything. It's just we'll come and come and see. Actually, the title of our broadcast come, <laughs> come and, and see, see you know yeah. finding truth in a, in a world yeah. of chaos as that just come and see and let god speak to you and and then you you make your own decision about it and discover truth which is what happened to both of you uh that the word broke through and then you said wow i i get to have this mm -hmm. vibrant relationship with god and you've had it ever since and yeah. talk about um uh, for the audience particularly uh the specifics of that what does Rich, what does abiding mean to you in terms of you know, cross-referencing, uh, processing what he's saying, journaling? What does all that look like to you personally? It, it has to start with hearing his voice. And uh, you can get that through scripture. Uh, you can get it through journaling. Um, there's many different ways. Uh, but it, it has to, you know, we have to be hearing God's voice. Um, so, and I wasn't particularly good at journaling. Um, so I'd start out, I might write down some scripture, and uh, then I'd ask a, you know, a, a question. And the more that my relationship with Jesus grew, actually, you know, the more I trusted, and I started asking more and more difficult questions. Uh, and there were, there were times I remember where I was, uh, it was very intense, where I'd ask a question and my hand would start writing. I, and I literally could, it was just writing and writing and writing, and I had to go back and read what I wrote, even a day or a couple of days later. And I said, I wrote that. And <laughs> no, I, I guess I really didn't. <laughs> you know, but you know, that's yet another uh, you know a benefit of journaling is that you know uh, you ask hard questions, and God will find a way to communicate. And um, so, uh, you know, journaling itself has evolved for me. I you know I've I've written down scripture that's favorite and you know janet and i will read it at night just before we go to bed um you know there's there have been so many times when um god has 
interceded in, in, in our lives. Where I started writing down, you know, these experiences. And mm -hmm. I'm, you know, my ultimate goal is to write them down into a place and I'm calling, calling it a book of miracles. So, uh, but you don't start there. You start out with, you know, gosh, I'm really not good at writing and I, you know, I don't, <laughs> this is something Rich told me I need to do and, you know, but after a while you start doing it more and more and you, you experience joy. Why? Because your relationship with the Lord is transforming things. Yeah, that's beautiful. Janet, how about you? Um, I love to journal. I journal intermittently. I'm not a, a constant everyday journaler. I spend time in the Word every day. But I find that my, um, my God time, my conversation time with God happens when I'm gardening or walking. You know, I just, that's when mm. I get my time is um, pulling weeds. There's mm. something about just going out and just, I think I just need to keep my hands busy, but um, there's something about being outside, and having that quiet space out there, but that's when I um, get most of my revelation, most of my you know, direction is when I'm either walking or, um, or, or just working in the yard, yep. working in the garden. Uh, and uh, as you've described that both, um, and, you, and you got into it, and started to experience the life of God. Um, talk about some uh, things in your life, events in your life, decisions. You know, we one of the things we were, Kathy and I have been talking about is discerning God's will and going to unity. Um, how have that? How does that translated to you in a changed life? What What is different now than it was before in terms of and get and you can give us examples of decisions you had to make or things that you did uh, to, uh, as God was leading you in, in this life of his. I think it gives us a vocabulary that we didn't have before. I you know mm -hmm. sometimes it just having that vocabulary. Recently we've had some really challenging moments and what I've learned about that is that when it's really that challenging that we're learning to step away for a while, there's that scripture about going to your bed <laughs> whatever, and sitting there quietly by yourself right. that I think we have found to be a very useful tool for us because we um, we can hear each other better when we're not in the heat of the moment. But the, a lot of it is in, the, in just having the prayer time together um, mm -hmm. has been real important. You know, the difficult time mm -hmm. she was talking about, I won't get into a lot of details, but it was a family matter. and. Um, you know, uh, we were certainly under attack. And um, so we, we would come to what we thought was unity. And, um, you know, uh, the family members uh, knew all her buttons, pushed them all. <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was um, you know, we got to the point where, you know, we put a deadline in place, which was, you know, something that we got to uh, getting to unity and we agreed that we would do this transaction because it was a transaction through an attorney. And, um, you know, we kind of warned the attorney that, you know, th that we were dealing with, you know, we didn't say, use terms like Satan and the enemy, but, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, she, she gave us feedback saying, wow, dealing with those family members, oh, <laughs> that was vicious. And, you know, there were those kinds of terms that, so in essence, by, you know, stepping back and, you know, and just keeping with those two things that we came to unity on, 
it just really underscores the importance of, you know, especially when you're under attack or things are not going well, you know, you, you, it's, it's critical to, to, you know, seek God's voice, seek his, his guidance. Protection. I felt and his protection. Well, every time, yeah. every time they pulled her out of unity, because they would go and attack her, you know, she would leave God's protection and then get pummeled. And it was, you know, mm. got to the point where, you know, we, we really did need to work through an yeah. attorney. Yeah. And as you've experienced it, uh, and that as you're receiving it, all to give it away. Covenant. Covenant. You know, it has to be and Leave it and give it Which is true for everybody. How has that changed you? Because you're very active in giving it away uh, in lots of different scenarios. So talk a little bit about how God has brought you people to give it away too. What does that look like to give it away? And what has that done for you, for you guys in terms of your walk and your heart with God? It's made it stronger. It's made it much stronger. I just, you know, there's a, we disciple a number of people over the phone, which I, you know, which is just, I don't know, I found that Zoom and the phone sometimes is a very nice way to spend an hour with somebody and then just be able to keep coming back to it. And there's this one couple that um, we've known her since she first started working for Rich many, many years ago. And uh, she sort of chose Rich as a mentor. And it's grown from a professional to, you know, just business to a spiritual relationship. And mm. just watching them grow is, is, is over these years has been pretty special. And, um, and we're growing too. I mean, right now we've been rereading the book of Acts. Well, to spend that much time going through it with somebody who's never done it before. Right. We just, I, we learn so much more every time we do it. Yeah. And when you say uh, discipling, uh, and you're doing it over the phone, uh, which, by the way, is uh, a normal and typical way of doing it, um, what does that mean you're discipling them? What is that, how do you define that? I, I think it's, um, you know, I, honestly, you've, you've been a, a great uh, um, mentor. Um, and as as Jesus is the perfect role model, you know, I always look to, well, what would you know Jesus do in a case like this? And it, it's all he's always done, you know, perfect role modeling. And um, so uh, we'll we'll be going through Scripture, and just like the very first time I heard God's voice, you know, now I'm helping others hear God's voice. And it's, it's uh, you know, we had this conversation about leadership and it's really um, just facilitating somebody, you know, hearing God's voice. Uh, it has nothing to do with any special talents right. that I've got, certainly. Um, it's But it's helping them, uh, you know, hear God's voice so and understand his nature uh, to be able to do his will yeah. Yeah. and to choose to do so yeah. And, yeah. and help others get to the point of the covenant. Facilitates a good word. Yeah. And as you think about that, because I know you're, you've been active in lots and lots and lots of people's lives, um, and you're certainly, uh, as you've expressed it, you, that brings you great uh, joy. It really does. Um, they, uh, oftentimes people will say, well, I really want to thank you. And I go, you're, you're, you're uh, gaining something from this true, but I'm probably gaining even more. Right. You know, just by walking, you know, with, and there's so many times when, I'm sure this has happened to you as well, you'd read a scripture that you must have read a dozen times before, 
and all of a sudden you see something brand new mm-hmm. and and it just takes it to a whole different depth of relationship yeah and without you don't have to name names but um what are some of the uh experiences that you've seen with people who are who are discipling you know you've been are being discipled by you and they're coming into that abiding relationship themselves what thing what kind of things have happened uh goes back to transformation yeah um you know there's there was one individual when i first started the conversation i said you know so what are your faith practices and they had to think about it uh and they said i guess I'm a non-practicing Hindu. <laughs> and I said, oh, we're just starting at a different place on the yeah. to-do list. <laughs> and, and we basically, I said, would you be interested in hearing about, you know, uh, Jesus Christ? And it was quiet, you know, because, you know, people have to process it. And the answer was yes. And, I mean, watching this blossom and watching God, it's watching God work in this person's life has been amazing. And that's, you know, not a unique discipling story. Yeah. And I just think about the, you know, during the abiding retreats, there's always those moments on that final morning when we're doing Mm -hmm. the Ezekiel and the people, and I just, there's things that happen during those times that that years later are still resonating. Yeah. Amazingly. Yep. I think even some of what you're talking about, you know, Rich and I this week have been talking about in the context of discerning God's will. We've been in Deuteronomy, is it Deuteronomy 28? That 28, 28. that we've been talking about and talking about how the blessings overtake you. You know, yes. as, as you're listening to him, as you're following what he leads, the blessings literally overtake you. And that side, when we start giving it away, we get to watch the blessings overtake people. Yeah. And, and that in and of itself overtakes us with blessing there's there's so many layers to the way god simply blesses our lives and fills it with joy as we simply walk with him and and follow what he says yeah and you guys are are expressing uh, that and as god uh so orchestrates uh is that what what you're receiving i'm going to call you to give it away um and we have an interesting you know uh what happened with you know remember our last guest Kathy was Rick and Kelly Ferris mm-hmm. uh, last week and uh, they know because they're you know New England they know Rich and Janet uh, got to be friends with them right uh, tell us um, a little bit about how you came to disciple his son and and daughter-in-law um, and then oh, you've been right you, you've been I instru- forgot that been there was that connection in that, and then you could even talk about how far it's gone because now, now uh, John, yes, is having learned it. Well, he's given it away. He uh, sure you is. see, that's what we're that's what we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to describe it. Uh, that as you you said it well is when we say discipleship, uh, mm-hmm. it's inviting people to Christ, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit has a path for them. We're just going to walk alongside of them right. uh, and get them connected and then enjoy the process with the knowledge. And this is true. Um, if you learn to abide, one of the things that will be uh, part of the life will be, well, I'm going to ask you to give it away. Mm-hmm. And you get to see what I call offspring. Uh, mm-hmm. So John, uh, Ferris, and, and Faith, and then, by the way, now they're giving it away, interesting enough, to a, to a whole company. 
Um, mm. And, you know, well, you know, you and me, we'll never see those people, likely. But we know that fruit is going on. But tell us a little right. bit, how did that come about and, and that you guys got to become so instrumental in actually being the ones to facilitate the discipleship of these two guys? It's your story. Well, so, <laughs> you know, um, I'll try to I'll try to make it as brief as possible. But you know, uh, Rick, uh, John, and I were uh, you know watching some sporting event, and you were talking about coaching, and you know, um, and somehow uh, I I said to John, you know, um, I you know you you've heard about us doing abiding retreats and whatnot. You know, would you like uh, to participate in something like that? And you know, if you don't, I, I, what was the probability of him saying yes? Yeah, <laughs> it was. You know, he he's. Um, At the time, know, he was a college student. He was a college student, and yeah, he wasn't sure just where finishing he was going, up. Where didn't he was know going. where he was going. I'd heard some of the places he'd been, and it was a good thing he was going somewhere else. But, <laughs> in any case, he 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 jumped at the chance, and I I said, hmm, this is interesting. So we just you know we we not only went through abiding but you know we've been through a number we're currently going through the covenant and you know somewhere along the way uh you've been talking about you know multiplication yep and mm -hmm. somewhere along the way i happened to mention multiplication uh to john and so you know john basically is in a new role in his company uh he's he's training people all over the country and um so he trains people and then a, a uh, probably about seventy percent of that population wants to come back and participate in the abiding study that yeah. we originally started with. Wow! It's amazing, and I, you know, I, I, I had no idea until he until he told me. But to go mm. back to the beginning, um, you know, Rich was going through abiding. Whoops! With a, uh, with um, with John and John and Faith had just started dating. I mean, yes. it was a very fresh relationship. And so John, I think you were just about finished with the abiding. He asked if we, if Rich or we or I would do um, the same study with Faith. So we decided that it would be better if Faith and I did it separately yeah. for them. So while mm -hmm. they were meeting, I started meeting with Faith. And we were doing this all on the phone because the kids are down in Carolina somewhere. And um, so I went through it with her. And it was an opportunity for them, again, to give them a place of a equal yoking of a you know, common mm. common experience. So they have just blossomed from there. It's just been amazing that they, you know, but they've been up, they've brought two different groups up to our house for retreats. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and they, so. we've, we've planned the next retreat already with, you know, the original uh, group and, um, you know, and we're watching them, you know, uh, not only abiding. See, I, I mean, we can talk about uh, all of this stuff as though it's oh this is theology and this is you know isn't it wonderful but to me what good is it if you don't practically apply <laughs> yeah. it Absolutely. I mean put it into your life and and make it part of your life and so uh, uh, they they had a an, um, an issue that they were dealing with where, where to live um, and you know uh, they moved into an apartment happened to have lead paint um, so, you know, they were looking to move on to that and uh, Faith felt pretty, uh, pretty strongly that uh, there was this townhouse condo that was the answer to all their dreams. And, and John uh, 
felt differently. And, and so I said, all right, well, what's God saying to you? And mm. he said, this isn't it. Uh, he said, I know God has something better for me. And, and so I said, all right, then, you know, you, it's your job to stand. And, and uh, you know, you guys need to get to unity on this. They pass that by. And uh, once again, long story short, uh, as you know, the housing market's ridiculous right yeah, now. Yeah. Right. And, and right. you know, so people are making cash offers above asking price above, and so on yes. and so forth. And they've been trying to play in that game and they haven't been winning it at all. Uh, and so uh, they decided, well, they didn't decide, an opportunity came to them on a private sale with somebody that Rick had known forever as part of his church and you know, he knew him professionally and so on. And so this house wasn't even on the market and they're asking a reasonable price, not a ridiculous price. Um, so they're gonna be closing on this house. And it was originally, you know, Faith said, I don't know, really no. And uh, finally, after, you know, walking and trying to get to unity on this housing issue, uh, she went to see it and it was beautiful. Yeah, They're gonna be closing on this house on August 17th. But it just goes to show, you know, stay in abiding, you know, get to unity with the Lord. Mm -hmm. He's got something better for all of us. And if we don't d agree, it's okay. Yeah. Park it and, and let, let God work. Yeah. Regardless God, of timing, and, right? And God, uh, <laughs> God's will is uh, what we say best and then better. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. That proved out to be true. Uh, so as we uh, wrap up here, we... Uh, I guess the, the simple question is, is there anything better than giving it away? Oh, no. Uh, what mm -hmm. a gift that is. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, in order to give it away, uh, what, what's required? You have to be abiding. You've got to be receiving, <laughs> receiving it. You've got to be living it out. Um, and that, that's how, see, I believe that's how the early church grew. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Is that Absolutely. people were experiencing God. And then they gave it away to others who learned to experience God. And then they gave right. it away to others who learned to experience God. And we know something is it's just give it away. And giving it away is just having other people learn the beautiful relationship with God and experience that as mm -hmm. we are. Yeah, um, it's sharing what we know by experience. Yeah, yeah. You know? So we're so uh, we're so honored that you guys uh, shared your story with us. Uh, and the audience is going to be really uh, thrilled by it. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll uh, uh, try to do it again. Maybe have, uh, maybe we could do it uh, with uh, John and Faith. I think that'd be that would great. Be fun. Uh, oh, that would be fun. That would be kind of fun. Yeah. Maybe even Rick and Kelly. Uh, that would be a hoot. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a hoot uh, to do that? So we, uh, maybe we'll get creative, Kathy, and figure out how to. There do you that. go. So with Zoom, we can get them all on at the same time. So that'll be fun. So anyway, thank you so much. Uh, thank we you, love you guys, me. and uh, we're just excited and. Kathy, uh, you know, again, what could be more fun uh, to have guest day? And tomorrow, by the way, is going to be End Times Friday. So yes. uh, join us tomorrow as we go further into the discussion of the End Times and uh, how important that is. And we'll go to the yeah. next uh, phase. We're going to be talking more about Daniel's Beast tomorrow. So uh, I'm going to enjoy that. Very interesting stuff. So thanks again for joining us, everyone. Thank you, Thank Rich you, and Kathy. Janet. Such a joy. Um, if you found today encouraging or inspirational, please be a friend and tell a friend. Um, we are enjoying having a growing audience. And, um, and honestly, only reason we're enjoying having a growing audience is we know that means more people are hearing 
how to hear the voice of God. Yes. And we're hearing story after story of people's walks coming alive. So thanks for joining. Thanks for sharing. Have a great day, everybody. Yep. Thank you. you. Too. See you, Kathy. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye. Hope to see you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.